Welcome in, welcome in, one and all, to Three In, Three Out, your unique Seahawks recap podcast. Hello, everybody. I am Clinton Bonner. I am fired up to bring you this week's edition after a big 21-20 victory against the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, for those that recognize this voice, you recognize me likely, most likely, from the Seahawkers podcast. I've been doing this little little side quill for a number of years now with with uh, Brandon and, and Adam. It's been a ton of fun. Probably hearing this on Field Goals Podcast. Well, this new guy here, this is Clinton Bonner. You can find me on Twitter, at Clinton Bond, a rabid Seahawks fan. And we have this delicious little short, fast, little punchy segment we do after every single week called Three In, Three Out. It's a unique look at three of the plays that made us go wow and three of the plays that made us go oof. We don't have too many rules when it comes to three and three out. We got some parameters. You know, we do, we do three on the good side of the ledger and three on the bad side of the ledger. And, you know, we take the good, we take the bad, and then we have the facts of life right in the middle of our, our Seahawk-dom. But we do have one rule. We have one rule. And if you've heard the show before, if you know three and three out, then you know what the rule is. But the one rule is pretty darn simple. When we win, we start with an in. So let's get to the first in of the 2019 season right now. All right, Flocks, let's jump right into this first in. So, the, you know, I'm looking down my ledger. I literally keep a physical ledger with me. It's a Seahawks notebook. Of course, it's a Seahawks notebook. You know this already. It's got the old school Seahawk on front of it. It's really quite nice. And I got my nice, my nice thin Sharpie out and I'm taking notes during the game. And I'm looking down the left side here, which is the inside, of course, that I always to the left. And I'm looking and saying, you know what, where I want to go first, I want to give a lot of love. I want to give a lot of love to Shaq Griffin. I feel like without Shaq Griffin, I don't think we win this game. There were so many times, especially like that third quarter, man, that third quarter was just a slop fest. John Ross, the second, the third, the fourth, and Thurston Howell getting all these yards against us and making Andy Dalton look like Dan Marino. So a couple times in, in that third quarter and into the fourth quarter, man, Shaq just made some big plays. When they were moving the ball so easily and so fluidly, man, Shaq just kept coming up with these great defensive plays. And just stalling the Bengals, like just enough of a enough of a monkey wrench into what they were doing at key moments throughout the game with these big, nice breakups that were like 15 yards downfield, 20 yards downfield. And then he had that gorgeous break of a play that should have never been a play because it looked like it was blown dead at the line of scrimmage anyway. But Shaq was step for step with this man and comes over the top at the last second and he deflects that ball too. So it was... It wasn't just the fact that he made some nice breakup plays, but it was the fact that he was able to kind of just stop momentum at key, key times. The Bengals were just steaming and they were rolling and, 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 and that's not a great sign, but hey, it's week one and we got the W, so who cares? But I, I feel like every single time they get rolling, especially in that third quarter into the fourth quarter, Shaq would come up and make a good play and it would just slow them down just enough and then they'd end up whatever. Missing a field goal, punting, you know, uh, having a turnover, or get, or, fi- or or later when we started breaking through with some of the sacks, I think all those little moments from Shaq were the things that added up there. So I want to give the first in of the year to Shaq Griffin. Listen, he had a a big rookie campaign, and then he had a bit of a sophomore slump, and people were like, you know, what kind of what kind of Shaq Griffin are we getting in year three? Listen, I liked what I saw in week one of year three of Shaq Griffin. So the first in of the year goes to you, Shaq. That's a good job. The W, the 21-20 victory, and a lot of that is because of the way you balled out. Well done. But then I look over on this outside 
And I got to tell you, Flock, I got to tell you, it is very non-typical that I could have such a weighted scale here. I've got like seven or eight or nine things that I could choose from on the outside of the ledger. And maybe I've got four on the inside. Typically, but doing this for about three, three and a half years now, typically when the ledger is so lopsided like this, we don't win these games. So A, feel lucky. B, I'm fired up. A W is a W. There's only 16 games in the regular season. We've only played one and we got one W and that's what matters. But let's look at some of these outs because some of these warts, they're not so pretty. So the first one, you know, I'm going to step right up here. I'm going to, I'm going to call out the rookie. I'm going to call out Barton and say, man, what are you doing on fourth and five in the first quarter, about 740 to go? They punt it and we just run it to the kicker. And Barton has time to stop, time to put up his hands, time to like just trip over and, and at least make it look like he was pushed or led into the kicker. He does none of those things. He just kind of meanders into the punter with enough steam that he knocks the punter over. Then he puts his hands up. And of course, you know, ref staring right at him, throws the flag. It happened to be fourth and five. It's a five-yard penalty. And away we go. Since he's got the ball again, Guess what? Guess what that means? It means our defense is back out on the field, but these are the kind of mistakes that we just can't have. Now, here's the deal. It's week one. He's a rookie. It's the first time he's out there. He's home. He's fired up like we get fired up. So you know what? We can forgive and we can forget, but doesn't mean he's not going to get stamped with the big O here. So the first out of the year goes to Barton. He's got to do a better job there. So a little do better for Barton and he gets the first out of the year. Come on, rookie. Got to do better than that. All right, 12, so I hope you're enjoying this little back and forth that is three in, three out. Remember, we're going to visit three things on the good side of the ledger, three things on the crappy side of the ledger. Once again, I'm Clinton Bonner. Find me on Twitter, at Clinton Bond. Let's get into our second in right now. And listen, this guy, this guy is all-timer, all-timer for, for the Seahawks. He's all-timer, right? This guy could retire tomorrow. He's going to be in the ring of honor. This man, you know, one day, hopefully, will be unveiling a bust in Canton. We'll see how it goes the rest of his career. And this is not one of his prettiest games. This is not one of his prettiest games. But I got to tell you something. I got to tell you that Russell Wilson going 14 for 20 with two touchdowns in a game like this where he is under, again, constant duress because... Well, because of several reasons, but mostly because the offensive line that we thought was going to be, you know, much improved again, it was pretty darn good last year, was pretty much a dumpster fire, which was not very good. But Russell Wilson had a very, I'd say, extremely efficient game. The man was 14 of 20 for almost 200 yards and two touchdowns and no interceptions. I also want to point out that he had two drops that were perfect passes, perfect passes. One was a little, you know, a little like screen, a little out to Chris Carson. Carson just drops it. And of course, we got the big drop by Tyler Lockett. But I mean, just put those back in, in the win column. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, Russ is 16 of 20 for like 245 yards and two touchdowns. And we probably win that game by a lot more if Lockett makes that catch, by the way. So he had an extremely efficient game in a game where he was under tons of duress, in a game where we weren't getting the run game going exactly the way we would normally want to get the run game going. 
Russell Wilson was still making big plays downfield. So for me, going 14 of 20, which really could have easily been 16 of 20 in that situation, is a super efficient game, and we get the W. Of course, I want to see more from the passing game, but really, honestly, overall, I want to see a lot more from the offense anyway. But for now, we give this in to Russ and say, well done, an efficient game, and he gets the W, and that's what matters. All right. In that last end, we just touched on an out that I got to call out. Listen, I love Tyler Lockett. I love Lockett. Lockett, Lockett's the man. I got the uh, the Wolf Gray number 16 hanging in my closet. I'm going to be proudly rocking that when I'm out in Seattle later this year, and I'm fired up for that, and I cannot wait. However, you know, we've gotten so used to Lockett basically catching everything, right? He had that perfect passer rating from Russ last year where he basically dropped nothing and was like the most efficient receiver in the entire league. And then he's targeted twice. I can't pinpoint that on him fully. I, I you know, I don't know why, why he wasn't schemed differently. He's targeted twice and he drops one right in his bread basket. You know, I will stamp the out on Lockett, but here's the beautiful part. I think that might be the last time I have to do that all year long. But for now, Lockett gets this week's out because that is a big drop. It's right there. You got to catch those. You got to bring those down. And typically he does. But for this week, he gets the out. All right, Flock, last in in this 21-20 victory over the Bengals in this week one 2019 season. And I'm going to go down to a singular play, right? It's still 17-14 Bengals. It's the third quarter. It has been a sloppy, sloppy, sloppy quarter. And all of a sudden, the Bengals are driving. They had the ball at their own eight-yard line. And they are driving downfield. They had they had some big plays, a 24-yard reception on this drive. And they are just they're just marching. They're kind of moving the ball at will on us. Dalton's looking like Marino, like we talked about earlier. Middle of the field is wide open. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves in a fourth and one. I think it's from, from our 36. And there's about, you know, just over two minutes to go in the third quarter. So they're just outside field goal range. I believe they missed a field goal a little bit earlier at this point. It's still kind of a wet day out there. And now it's fourth and one. And, you know, boy, oh boy, like the in. All day long, the run defense was just just darn good, right? We don't have Ziggy yet. We don't have Collier yet. It is Clowney's first day, basically, you know, as a 12 for the most part. And the run D looks amazing. But to bring it down to a singular, singular play, man, that fourth and one play made by Al Woods, that is the play of the game right there. So at first, I had the sideline view, just like everybody else watching at home, and I couldn't see who the heck it was. And just my mind, I just thought it was KJ Wright. So I'm jotting down, oh man, KJ, big stuff. This is this is awesome. Then they showed the replay from like the kind of like the, you know the, the all eleven or really the tight eleven, if you will, if, if such a thing. And they just show Al Woods just kind of Godzilla his way, right? He just takes his dude, tosses him basically to lead to his right side. And just attacks Gio Bernard. Gio Bernard is is not a small back. Gio Bernard is a pretty darn powerful back and a pretty darn capable back to go get one yard. Al Woods just sheds his dude in a heartbeat and just like engulfs Gio Bernard in such a way that Gio had like no chance whatsoever. He just like got, he, he absorbed all his energy, stood him up and just drove him back and got a little help. And that was it. The dude went nowhere. As befuddled as we were and as as messed up as parts of this game were, we're still sitting there going, holy crap, we don't have Reed yet. And, and we don't have Ziggy yet. And Collier hasn't played a game yet. 
And yet, with all those Jets, this that front four was looking really, really good against the run. And we, you know, at the end of the day, we ended up recording five sacks as well, right? With with uh, with that last one from uh, from Green, eh, maybe being a sack, we'll take it, of course. But the in is to Al Woods. Al Woods came in as a complete under the radar free agent move. He's a veteran. He's a big body. The dude just knows how to play, knows how to be in position. And you know what? He showed it. He, he had the interception earlier. He had that big stuff on fourth and one. So the big in, I said the biggest play of the day goes to Mr. Al Woods. So the only crappy part, you know, the real crappy part about starting with it in and when you're doing three in, three out, means you got to end on an out. However, we always got to remember that means that we won the ball game and that's all that really matters. But my last out, I've got to just keep this plain and simple. I believe the number is 45. I believe the number is 45. And if you know what that number is, you're, you're probably nodding your head already going, oh yeah, I agree with you. We ran 45 offensive plays. That's it. 45 offensive plays. I don't mind the balance. I'm okay with 20 passes, 25 runs, you know, maybe in a half or three quarters of play, but for an entire game to only run 45 plays and to look so slow and to have slow developing uh, play action plays and to have these plays that just take forever to get going when we can't, we're not, we're not pass blocking a lick all day long. It's just like, Shadi, when are we going to change this up a little bit? When are we going to go into a bit of a hyper pace? When are we going to pick this up and let Russ go do Russ things and let's get this into a, a, a place where we can go get a couple of easy first downs, go get, go get some flow, go get some hustle and flow. It just never manifested itself. 45 plays is abysmal. It's abysmal. We get done with the game. We win. We phew, we have some relief. Maybe we pop a beer. We're having a smile over it. We're talking to our friends about it. Whatever it is we're doing, you know, that we grab some, grab some late snack or something like that. And we get back and we get back to the Sunday night football game and it's the Patriots versus the Steelers. And then you see a team and we know they do it all the time, but then you see a team that is so fast, so hyper-paced. When they're doing play action, it is it is super quick. And then they're hitting their guys out of the backfield. And they're using the middle middle of the field and just ripping apart a Steelers defense. I don't bring this up just to juxtapose Seattle versus uh, versus the Patriots. I get we're different teams. I bring it up because that's our opponent next week. We're playing the Steelers. The Patriots just laid a perfect blueprint to show this is how you dismantle this team and make them look like absolute fools. Can we pick up the pace. Enough. The out has got to be hung on you like the scarlet letter. If we're if we're a sub 50 plays, man, you're wearing it. Shoddy, that O is around your neck. You get that big third out and that out almost costs us a big first W. All right, Flock, once again, this is Clinton Bonner for three in, three out. Find me on Twitter at Clinton Bond. As I said earlier, when I opened it up, I used to do this for the Seahawkers podcast exclusively, and they brought it over to field goals, so I'm fired up about that. We've got this amazing group of passionate Seahawks fans in the Seahawkers podcast Ring of Honor that's over on Facebook, and these folks will contribute their three ins and their three outs and kind of throughout the game or at the end of the game, give their own little recap. So I always want to give a shout out to this little section we like to call From the Flock. Let's start off with Scott Romani, who had a couple of interesting takes. 
So Scott gave a couple of things, but one of the first ones we just mentioned, DK Metcalf, he was bringing a big in for DK saying, make a big plays and show the willingness to block for runners downfield. We do like some blocking over here in Seattle. And then he brings an out, an interesting out and says that Ken Norton Jr. did a poor job making a very one-dimensional team look really good by making zero adjustments. Appreciate that, Scott. That's a couple from you right there. And then we got DCH from over in the flock as well. DCH is a is a rabid Seahawks fan and a good dude. So one of DCH's ends, he's calling out the punting game specifically and saying that Dixon did a nice job specifically on that last punt of the game where he just drilled them back and really didn't give Dalton much of a chance to get into field goal position, which is quite nice as we walked away with the W, of course. And then there's an out. He's he's going right at he's going right at one that, that I was thinking about going at as well. And that's Effetti. You know, just saying the O-line was porous. I mean, Britt had some issues. He got injured. Even Brown whiffed on on one of the sacks. But Jermaine Fetty, man, oh man, I am not excited for what TJ Watt is about to go do next week against Jermaine Fetty. Jermaine Fetty looked, he looked every bit as bad as he has looked throughout these last few years. And the dude's supposed to be better by now, but DCH going right at it with a big out for Fetty. And I got to say, I agree, unfortunately. Then we're going all the way over to Hong Kong with Dave Bloomquist, aka Hong Kong Hawk out on Twitter. And he gives a big in for, I like this. His faith in this team to pull out games no matter how they are playing. We've seen this throughout the Pete Carroll era. Of course, we don't have to remind any of you about the 2014 NFC Championship game. I mean, that's that's the epitome of, of just being down the entire time and pulling something out that you should not have won. And of course, Packer fans, or you could suck it. All right, last but never least, we have the wisdom, the wise, the only, the Flocktimus Prime, a.k.a. Keith Kedover. And Keith is scratching his head. Flocktimus is sitting there going, why are we sticking with three linebackers throughout the entire game when we just keep getting burnt over the middle and we cannot cover the middle of the field? But, you know, if you're following this and you saw the, the field goals article, well, guess what? They're bringing Jamar Taylor back. He was the, here all preseason. He looked to be the, the guy who's going to play nickel corner. He didn't make the 53. Now week one is over and they're bringing Taylor back. So that is it from the flock this week. You know, hey, hey 12s, we, we, we have a home game against a team we should have beat by 10. We beat them by one. But you know what? We're a couple of plays away, a couple of drop balls away, a horrific, horrific play by Tedrick Thompson away from beating the Bengals by eight or 10 points anyway. We get the W. It's week one. You put it in the rearview mirror, and now you roll into the Steel City. You go down to the Three Rivers area, and you go beat the Steelers, who just got exposed by the New England Patriots. Go make it happen. Go get that W. Let's go get W number two, and go Hawks. Go Hawks.